Congratulations, you found it. This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read. Recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. Also featuring book nerds, Jessica Butcher and Josh Lupton. Together, searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book girls. Can we just stop for a minute and say how awesome coffee is? <laughs> I've been trying to kick caffeine. Dearly yes. beloved. <laughs> Doing a great job. We are gathered here today to get through this thing called <gasps> life with coffee. What? what? Why is it so long? Yeah. Well, usually. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Justin, out of context, we have to tell you that. <laughs> Justin, out of context. This is, a, this is not a visual medium, so they're going to have no idea what I'm talking about. Hopefully we're not recording yet. <clears throat> we're always recording, Justin. Mm, lovely. Always recording. Remember when we made you re-record yes. your big black it's dick It's so thing? that it stays yes. in the hole better. <laughs> That's my problem. Oh, damn it. Yeah, you have Justin open to make penis jokes. For those of you who are visually disadvantaged at the moment, yeah. we're discussing Don't the like little it? green People thing that goes shit. in the Starbucks hole. You move your microphone so that it's in front of your face, please. No. We have you this guys on- bigger more than me and Justin. It's great. We have this ongoing thing. It's too close. I'm going to hit it with my face. That's what she said. <laughs> it's, it's all a, fun and games until it hits you in the face. <laughs> oh God! You guys are playing with fire. We have we have Justin. So <laughs> he can, he, Justin has I'll, already proven that he can handle us, which yeah. is why he got invited back. Yeah. No, I'm just saying you guys are playing with fire because he's going to start saying things that it's okay. He, left you know, for it. he's perfectly. He's a big boy. He can handle himself I in the presence. I am not a big boy. I am a like adequately sized boy. Left side of the bell curve <laughs> sized boy. <laughs> well, God, and he's honest too. You got to love that about a guy. We got a little black Spanish book fly. for just for you. <gasps> Why? Well, this is the the three book girls diary. Don't uh-huh. you don't use that for for hookups. You look <laughs> for book use hookups. that for books. I was about to say I'd use like so little of it. It would be, wouldn't be worth just, it. Could have just been a sticky note. Yeah, well, oh. <laughs> a napkin. No, you use that for um, writing down the books you read. Okay. And keeping track. My thoughts. You could either write your thoughts down My or desires. Yeah. Yay. But it's mostly book. just for books. It's About not because book. it's tiny. It's not a very big book. You, it's just big enough to write down the books that you've read or are reading. Thank you, little bitty. You're welcome. This. Now you're official. I'm going to use this. You're an official book girl. How does it feel? <laughs> he does have kind of a little beard. Love it. Yeah. No. Little a little beard. This is a uh, two months growth. Well, you know, we have a thing. <laughs> we, have, we have, we have uh, a thing about uh, the guys that come on the show usually have beards. I don't know what that's about. My dad and Josh. Yeah. Displays of masculinity I can only aspire to. But you do have facial hair, so I'm going to count that. And you almost have as much as me. Well, I pluck mine. On, <laughs> I, pl- I pluck mine daily. So, yeah. So that I don't have facial hair. Speaking of plucking and facial hair, um, yesterday I was um, 
asked to be in a commercial, a television commercial. Wow. They asked me to play the evil mother-in-law, <laughs> which I was... Is that like... A, for for a, what product? <laughs> well, this dude that lives in our neighborhood is a... Um, he makes barbecue sauce and rubs. Okay. The guy's name is Cosmos. Cosmos Q is what he sells, okay? So he they asked me to be the mother-in-law. And it's mostly because, you know, I live there. I was and they needed like somebody, a- and I was there, and they're like, oh, can you come and do this? And then I saw myself on film and decided that I truly am. Bonnie pointed this out to me, and I, I'm pretty impressed with myself. I'm a method actor. <laughs> You know, I really look like a hideous, ugly troll. I, I gained 20 pounds for the role. You know, I, I uh, have the nice splotchy skin, double chin, the whole thing. I really looked hideous. You were so living awesome. the part. I did live the part. Good so, job. So like, in case you want to see it, Cosmos Q, be looking for it. Barbecue sauce so good, you'd want to kiss your mother-in-law. That would be me. <laughs> <laughs> that must be some pretty good damn that barbecue That must be sauce. some good barbecue sauce yeah. right there. It I actually like me is, some good barbecue it sauce. It is good. Oh, is man. Man, that's good barbecue sauce. What about his rubs? Are, do his rubs have sugar in it? I have no idea. But he gave me an entire box full of stuff. A, a big crate full of goodies when I left. <laughs> But the barbecue sauce that looked the best to me, and actually it was the one I tasted, so I can't really speak to any of the others, but uh, cherry habanero. Ooh, I bet that was good. how good does that sound? I bet that was awesome. It was delicious. Yeah. So that was my little sidebar. And Vonnie also did filming today. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. She showed up to the station here, and I looked over (laughs) to the side, and I'm like, who's that... that, uh, that guy sitting next to me. Oh, is that a guy or is that just a really butch girl? Oh my God, that's Bonnie! <laughs> what the hell did you do to your hair? I had it all up because I'm playing Tom Hanks. We're doing a scene at work. We're going to Seattle as a work trip and as kind of just something fun. We're, we broke up into three teams and everyone is doing like movie skits. And my and our team is doing Sleepless in Seattle, and I got picked to be Tom Hanks. So, um, and she made a pretty fine looking Tom Hanks. Hey. I do say so myself. She did look like a guy. So, <laughs> but I did dye my hair for it. She did, and she's got this luxurious hair. It, I have to admit, I kind of want to kiss her. It looks she's more got luscious. That, dark. She's got I that like luscious it. dark. <laughs> Hair. It makes her eyes just go, whoa. Yep, it does make the eyes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh hey, thank you. how <laughs> you doing, much. baby? <laughs> oh, how you doing? Well, it isn't usually quite this, you know, nicely curled. Um, one of the other ladies, Nina, mm-hmm. she actually curled my hair and pinned it all up to look like Tom Hanks, and she did an awesome yeah, job. Yeah, she did. Nina does do a pretty good job. I should have yeah. taken your picture before you took it down, because that was pretty impressive. She braided my hair when I had to be Ariel. Oh really? Disney. And so uh-huh. we needed my hair like super wavy. She like braided my hair so tight. I thought I had cornrows. I was like, oh, like my skin was pulled I back. Thought on you, my I face. thought you were gonna say I, I thought I had a coronary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's poor Justin. He's sitting there going, Christ, why are we talking about hair braiding? I'm sorry. Are we ever gonna get over hair? this? Can we talk about something hair. more exciting? Like, oh, I don't know, something inappropriate. I could hear his internal monologue all this time. I must be a mind reader. Something. <laughs> well, I mean, he is a guy, and that's what guys usually think about. So. I'm insulted. <laughs> Poor Justin. 
I mean, I'm just saying. Don't usually, like that. <laughs> <laughs> Justin's my hero. That's profiling, man. Justin's my hero. <laughs> <laughs> this is 2018. Don't assume my, <laughs> assume my inner thoughts. Don't <laughs> we just have to give you a hard time. We don't want to. We have to haze you at least a little. Mm-hmm. Since you're a guy and you're in this room, do you agree to let us haze you? I do. I mean, you is can there consent back. happening in this room? Because <clears throat> we always have it to is have consent. Clear, ongoing and enthusiastic. Oh, enthusiastic consent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's my standard. Okay. That means he'll make noises. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea. Oh my god! I'm so excited right now. Remember those noises we were talking about earlier, Ronnie? Mm-hmm. Remember that? Remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh <laughs> yes. Okay. So tell me about this bullet that, that oh Justin god. took for you recently. Okay. All right, so we went to the wolf trap, and I had to go get in line to get a drink because while people will buy her and Lena drinks, they won't buy me drinks, so I had to go buy my own. Those darn anyway. bastards! <laughs> anyway. I mean, if you chill a little cleavage, maybe. I was wearing the shirt. It was open. I was... Oh. No. Um. Could you undo another button for us, though, you know, because... <laughs> hey, we're, no, we're here for my intellect. No, my that's right. Sorry. Anyway, so while I was in line, there was this group of guys behind me, some good old boys, and one of them was hitting on this poor girl aggressively not like I, it was a lot anyway uh, and she to her credit was warding them off like it was her job I was very <laughs> very impressed so uh, I get I get my uh, I get my drink and I go set it down on the table to go to the restroom I come out and I look over and that guy is standing over Jessica at our table I guess she I guess the other girl managed to like Pawn shoot him off. off hard enough and so he just whoop right over to Jessica yeah. And I walk up and I sit down and she gives me a help me look. And she <laughs> and so I'm like, "Oh god, okay. I have to be incredibly extra to pull all this guy's attention." So, he like feels the need to shake hands with me. I don't know. Some weird mating So, so did you crush anyway. all his fingers? No. Well, he was very large. <laughs> he was a He was a very big like, man. Very and not large. like, like I'm on one end of the bell curve, he is on the other. Yeah. <laughs> I was like cowering in my seat because he was so much taller than me, and I was like, I don't even know where I could go right now. He's surrounding me. How tall me. are you, Justin? Just just for the record. I, so that I am 5'8 and a hearty and a whisker? 130 pounds. Oh, okay. I was gonna <laughs> say. Yeah, yeah. I actually, on, if I'm going to be 100% honest, throughout the day, I will vary between 128 and 132 pounds. Oh, depending don't on my brag. Body, depending Gripes. on my bowel movements. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, he shakes my hand and I give him the handshake like I was trained to in sixth grade. Shout out to Coach McPhail. <laughs> um, and he looks at me and goes, you got a nice handshake. I said, Thanks, I practice a lot. He goes, he gives me a weird look. He's like, you're shitting me. So I make a motion like I'm masturbating and say, every morning, and <laughs> every morning. And he gets this like, he was drunk also. Uh, he gets this like, his eyes went from glazed to very clear. And his body language changed in such a way. He had been like hovering. full body, like chest to Jessica, just turned to me for the handshake. I'm on the other end of the table. His entire body turned to 100% face me. He was like, <gasps> he took just all the attention. All of, his bo- all of his body language said, you have my attention. And I proceeded to be the most Justin I could be for <laughs> like the next religion was jet hour. Oh, no. This, oh, my God. This dude... He wouldn't go away. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, he... he I, I think I did it too much. I, could, I wasn't enough Just I wasn't... 
So did he try to stick his tongue down your throat or? No, not yet. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, so you're no, texting. I'm I'm uh, um, he's going back on he, next uh, Friday. <laughs> he, I don't, I had all Sorry, that's none of my business. I was just curious. I, I had so much of his attention to the point where like he sat there and just like talked to me and picked my brain for a while and at, at different points, all of his friends came over, and he made it such a point to introduce me to each of his friends <laughs> yes. and sit there. And we had a heart-to-heart about Justin, how he had broken up best. with his two-year girlfriend like three weeks before. And I was like, hey, man, so do you miss her because you miss her, or do you miss her because you were comfortable with her? And he was like, I don't know, man. I guess both, but... God, this could be like just, a rom-com, it isn't, was it? Great, isn't it? Yeah, I... I after, hope somebody doesn't like totally. I can. I can. Anyway, I guess at some point after I don't, he had to have been there an hour. He was there for a while. He was there for a while. At some point, I think he realized that I wasn't going to sleep with him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he like he like had been there long enough where he like had a moment of clarity and was like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> yeah. And he was like, "All right, dude. Nice to meet you." And then he kind of like, 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 "Have a nice night." And just sort of like walks off in a like daze. I like so... Jedi mind trick this guy. It was amazing. Into not hitting on Jessica. It was that amazing. Is so... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's the last great... Jedi right here. That is pretty. <laughs> that great. is pretty impressive. It was. It, that is. I'm. I'm impressed. We talked about how big this guy can, is. Can Can we? Can you come out with oh, us sometime? Hold on. Because the, the toothless old men will not leave me alone. I don't, it's got to be that hag look I have going. Jessica I don't know. Elena left the table, left me alone with this dude uh, to go, to go get in line for drinks. I had to go to the bathroom. And, yeah, she went to the bathroom. Lena to get went to get drinks. I had told Lena to get me something weird, and she came back with a very blue drink called a G spot. I commented to the guy Ooh. that my ex girlfriend never would be had very a G spot before Is, was because it I finally found it. But oh. <laughs> was it delicious? It was delicious. It was so tasty. Anyway, oh, he when they left, he turns to me and goes, "So, like, uh, your your redheaded friend?" And I said, "Yeah, she's very, very taken." He goes, "Oh, by you?" I said, like, "No." And he goes, "Oh, is something wrong with her?" I said, no, "Not that. No, shut up." Anyway, so he uh, he goes, "Well, I don't know, man. She she looks like she could be pretty fun for a night." And I said, huh, "That's your one. We're not going to say anything more." And he and he like sort of backs up and goes, "All right, man. Yeah, I respect that. We're cool." I said, "We're cool." This guy this was guy like six foot tall, like six foot two, a solid hundred pounds heavier than me. And I'm pretty sure so, he flipped uh, what, cattle. What did they for, say? Uh, what, what did they? What did they, how much did they say? Trump weighed? <laughs> <laughs> what did they say? He that when like two hundred and thirty pounds? No, they, they said two hundred and two hundred and fifty nine or something uh, like that. Okay. Clearly, he did not weigh that little, but you know, they're they're saying that about him. Uh huh. So more or no. less than Trump. Less. But definitely muscular. He's a big guy. I mean, like he, like country strong. Yeah, he oh, looked like yeah. he probably like drove cattle or worked in the oil field. Looks like probably. he bench 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 press a few hay bales. Yeah, <laughs> like he could have just used me as a weight bar and fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so I don't. And I hadn't been drinking that much, so I don't know why. Well, I know why I was like back off, but the fact that I actually did it, yeah. good job. Just my hero. way to not back down. Because I, I honestly, I was I was thinking about it afterwards. I was like, if, if he was like, "What are you going to do about it?" I'd be like, "I'm not sure, but either I'm going to go to prison or you're going to kill me." Because I'm just going to have to like do something highly illegal in that fight. I mean, you could bite his ankles, right? <laughs> just straight through him. Oh no, no, no! I carry anyway. a knife. If it had come to that, I would have hurt him. <laughs> Everywhere, yeah, that was a uh, that was a fun night. It was interesting. Anyway, 
So that's that story. <laughs> to, well, yeah. God, I don't have anything to pass that up. Justin's my hero. <laughs> I'm so glad that you came along to the show tonight, Justin. Yeah, me too. You gave us some highly entertaining anecdotes. Bonnie's <laughs> got this look on her face like... Oh, I'm just I'm just chillaxing over here. <laughs> She's not sure what to do with the mic on this side of her face. I know. Everything is backwards because yeah, I'm Nicole sitting on the is, wrong side. Nicole is of... absent this evening. She is in St. Louis visiting her best friend because evidently we are not enough for her. <laughs> so she had to leave town. <laughs> Apparently. So, we are just too much. Yeah, I know. We don't have that delicate balance like Justin does. Mm. No, guess not. Nope. So she left us for the weekend, and um, we put Vani on the opposite side of the control board tonight so that she could play Nicole on the keyboards. Pretty impressive, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Jessica did it last time. We thought it was only fair yes. that, you know, we pass, we'll pass it around Nicole. a little bit. Well, actually, I wanted to sit over here because my phone's dead, and I can't look stuff up on my phone, so I have to have a computer. What we did we, we need do? to sell sponsorships to this show so that Bonnie can get a new phone. I do need Holy a new crap. phone. My phone is like six years old, and it was already a year past. It was already a year old when I bought it, and yeah, we we definitely just, have some we have some issues going around there with that phone. She needs a new phone. Bonnie needs. Let's get a GoFundMe page going for Bonnie's yeah. new phone. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> I mean, I would have to sell a lot of crocheting to be able to. Yeah, afford. but now that Christmas has passed, just easier. saying, I can start taking orders again. Mm-hmm. And she has the cutest hat ever in yeah. her car. I She's going to put a, a picture up on mm-hmm. Facebook of yeah. the hat she just did. I made Stacy's little girl a, a freaking adorable a hat with it's a unicorn and it has curly cues for the mane. Oh, and multicolored curly cues. Yeah. That's awesome. It is amazing. It's rainbow. It's That's very. Awesome. It's very cool. Okay, so. Books over the week. Yes. Books. Anybody? Books Anybody? Awesome. Bueller. Bueller. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of how I feel today. Bueller. Bueller. Well, I'm super excited to talk about my book because this is like the start of my love affair. This book was the start of my love affair with Ken Follett. And she actually had, to her credit, Vani has tried to review this book before. When we were practicing in the early days before we actually started posting the podcast, she this was one of the initial books that we that we mm. used, and then we never but then used we never actually podcast. published it. So this this was the practice, and right. we're finally going to give it the real shot that it deserves. Yes, I was actually surprised when I went back through our book and that I had not reviewed this book because this is like one of my favorite books. It's called Pillars of the Earth by Ken Follett. Mm-hmm. And like I said, this is the very first Ken Follett book that I read, and it took me so long to read it because it's huge that I went into penalties at the library and I had to pay 40 cents. And I work at the library every week, and I did not even renew it. <laughs> because she's really cheap. Well, I just didn't even think about it. But <clears throat> <laughs> it is set in England in the 12th century. And it is basically about the building of a cathedral. And there are multiple different characters, which Ken Follett does this on a lot of his books. And he's very good at telling enough of the story of each one of these individual families. And eventually all of these families weave into each other and affect each other's lives in some way. 
And it starts out with a family where the the husband's name is Tom Builder. And also what I noticed, and I don't know, I didn't look it up to see if it was just part of the times, but usually your profession was your last name, and he was a builder. Mm-hmm. And he um, is fired from a job for the Earl of Shiring, and he starts walking to a town with his wife and his son and his daughter. Well, they don't have a horse. The only mode of transport is to walk to the next town looking for work, basically. Mm-hmm. And his wife dies. Of? Childbirth. I've read some of this book. It's all like super duper familiar. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> that's just kind of the start of it. And he meets a lady who lives in the forest and she's kind of like exiled and lives in the forest because she was accused of being a witch a long time ago. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell too much about what happens, but it, that's just one of the families. And then there's another family, which is the Earl of Shiring. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning of the book, he is overthrown because this is right in the middle of a civil war. And the king of England has died and there's a fight for the throne. Mm-hmm. So, the the Earl of Shiring's castle is overthrown and taken over by somebody else. And he basically kicks the family out. You know, the Earl of Shiring goes to prison. The rest of them are just kicked out of the castle to fend for themselves. Nothing. They have the clothes on their back and that's it. Oh, jeez. So, that's like another family that they talk about. And then, of course, the monks who want to build the cathedral and about everything that they have to go through to get this cathedral built, which is a lot because the Earl of Shiring does not want this cathedral built. And he is not a nice person. It's not so much him. His son is not a nice person Mm. at all. And it's just, it's a political chess game between them and the monks who want to build this. And it's just, it's an awesome book and it's, I was thinking about it when I read this the second time because I read it twice. <laughs> and Ken Falling is very precise in his writing. And I think that's why I like him so much is because his precision when he's describing like the building of the cathedral and about, you know, like different things. He goes into such detail that it's just it, it's really easy to put yourself in the story and picture what he's describing. This is a true love affair. She really is. You should watch her face as she describes. <laughs> I love, like her, love this, is, this book. This, <laughs> this book is the beginning of She's her brand same. new. It's like the renaissance of her reading life mm-hmm. is Pillars of the Earth. Because before that, she was still reading things, you know. Go ahead. You can say it. Did she was still it? reading Twilight. Yep. I read that, so I can't There's say There's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is, is that she graduated to a different kind of reading when she started to work at the library and started to sort of reach out and discover some things that were a little bit out of her comfort zone, things that were different, things that were maybe a little bit more daunting. Yeah. And when she discovered that, it was just like this epiphany of, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've been missing this my whole life. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I will have to say there is a lot of violence in this book, and it is quite rapey. Rapey. So there is some parts that you cringe through while Mm -hmm. you're reading it. Cringeworthy and rapey? It's pretty cringeworthy. But it sets the tone for the characters. So it's really needed. Hmm. I mean, it is very cringeworthy, but it's... um, not important to the story, but it's kind of important to the story. It's necessary for the tone. Right. Mm. Exactly. Okay. All right. Title and artist again. It is Pillars of the Earth by Ken Follett. And it's awesome. And it's great. And it gave me a book hangover. <laughs> when, uh, when Bonnie talks about Ken Follett, she gets the same look in her eyes that, that guy got when he was talking to Justin. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't need alcohol. I just need Ken Follett. <laughs> Hear that, Ken? <clears throat> she wants you. I just, I love his writing style. I don't know what it is about his writing style, but it's just everything that I've read by him, I have just loved. I just, I, I don't know what it is. He's your book soulmate. He is my book soulmate, yes. <clears throat> Who wants to go next? I feel like my book soulmate is Douglas Adams. He's just so weird and I love it. <laughs> Anyways. Does I that, can. Does that mean you're going next, Jessica? I can. Or do you want to go next? <laughs> um, okay, so I read a nonfiction book this time, so I'm going to oh, shake okay. it up a little bit. Something a little different. Okay. Um, this is actually recommended to me by a friend who, a uh, friend, who doesn't read much, and I was so shocked at how amazing it was because I was like you're just recommending me a book because you know I read so you're throwing a book at me and so I read it and um, it's about he's a computer science professor at Carnegie University and he gets diagnosed with terminal cancer I think he's not even like I think he's around 40 he's really young his kids are really young oh wow and um, and what was the name of the book again? uh, The Last Lecture by Randy Posh, P-A-U-S-C-H, am I saying that right? And it's co-written with Jeffrey Laszlo, or Zaslo. I'm going to just mess up all the words here. Uh, Do you have the actual book? Yes. Can I write down that author? Yeah. Um, but, uh, so he gets asked to give a talk. Like, a lot of professors are asked to give a talk titled like the last lecture it's one where you kind of like think about what you've done with your life what impact you want to lead and stuff like that but for him it's really a last lecture and it's titled um like live let's see it's titled really achieving your childhood dreams because his whole life he wanted to do these things and he like got he worked really hard and he got to be like a disney imagineer and like stuff like that and like all these really cool things so he went to work for disney yeah um like in their like computer science stuff (laughs) um but it like talks a lot about like all the important parts of living like you have to overcome obstacles like one of the quotes from the books which is my favorites like brick walls are not there to stop you brick walls are there to like test how hard you're gonna go to get what you want oh, and it was that's just cool yeah he's really great it's cool he so the lecture was kind of about that and then he wrote the book to like tell more about it in the book he wrote it for his kids so they would have something concrete to have of him for the rest of his life and he's talking about did he 
he died. Oh, that's so depressing, Jessica. Yeah, I know. He gave. Yeah, I know you were gonna rip me for that. <laughs> I told Justin in the car. I was like, Martha's gonna rip me for how depressing this is, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, he gave the lecture in 2007. He passed 2008. Um, so depressing. So the book was something life. for his kids to have. I know, but I hate it. <laughs> so and one of the things that he talks about in the book is he. He had to work really hard to get where he was, and then he was at a point in his life where he could enable the dreams of others, and like that was something that really drove him, because he got to be a professor, and he got to get kids internships to do what they want to do, and it was, I don't know, for anybody who like feels a little bit like lost or needs some direction, or you're just down, like read this book, because this guy's dying of cancer, and he's telling you, like, there are so many good things to live for, and you got to live every moment, because, I don't know, it was great. It sounds it. very inspirational. I mean, I yeah, I know. I do say a lot of times. I it, pretty much every time I do give people a hard time for putting depressing books out there. Yeah, but yeah, but the whole time you're reading, it's not super depressing because he's so funny and like humorous, and he like just he's just telling you to like live it to the fullest. It's really good, but I mean, he does pass away eventually. It's not like a biography, so you don't like get the. Like you don't get like the life story. Right, that's and you not don't what get... that's not what the book is about. The book no. is about his lessons, like lessons about... that he leaves for his kids, which that's cool. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. It made me cry at the very end because he was like, he's talking about. Don't giving tell his us talk. what the end is, Christ. And it's just like, yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. It's like a big tribute to his kids. It's awesome. But so, how would you? My, I'm interested. You said you. That this is something that somebody gave to you Mm -hmm. as sort of an afterthought? Um, No, I think it was like we were having a conversation about books and he had read it and he was like, this is a really good book. And I was like, okay. And I mean, he doesn't. He's not a big reader. Not a big reader. So I was kind of like, it's probably like the most recent book he's read. So he's telling me about it. And then I I kind of dug into it a little bit and I was like, oh. This actually does sound pretty good, so I got a copy of it and read it. So what would you rate it? Five stars for sure. It was really good, and it, I read it at a time when I definitely needed like the leg up. The little bit of a boost. Like, yeah, like, what are you doing with your life? Get yourself together kind of thing. I don't know. It was like a good time in my life when I was focusing on like all the bad things that had happened, and I was like just in a down way and then I read this book and I was like man this guy's dying of cancer and he's super optimistic I should not be me <laughs> right now <laughs> and I even like went and watched like the talk that he gave cause I think oh, it's so online it's a, a video as well I think it's videoed yeah and it was it was really good like, I don't even know how to like explain it that well because it's not like an autobiography or anything like that it's just like lessons it's like hmm. you know that's and cool. It's funny and it's heartwarming. I don't want to use that word because Martha's going to give me this look that she's giving me right now. Well, and inspirational. Yep. Sounds Sorry. like your kind of book. I mean, throw a romance in there and you, you've you got the trifecta oh, of the Martha kind of book. <laughs> it does tell about how he met his wife and, you know, their kids and stuff like that. But. There you go. Romance. Uh, it sounds like a decent book. It and does. Just the it actually fact sounds that, good. I mean, it just... You know, you never know what's going to kind of kind of bring you out of when you're in a rut like that. Yeah. Because I know that there was one time that I was 
kind of down, had been for a while, and I just couldn't get out of it. And all I did was read a quote that was on like a calendar or something. I'm like, that's so true. I'm going to do that. And it was just, you're only as happy, what was it? You're only as happy as you make yourself or something mm-hmm. like that. And something I'm like, really simple that just goes, oh, stop. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and it's kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to do that. I'm just going to be happy. Yeah. And then happy just like right that, now. it was just like over. I don't. I mean, I'm sure other people aren't like that. Yeah. I mean, but it, it just, I don't know. And this sounds like maybe it might be one of those kind of books. This book definitely pulled me out of a slump. This and The Alchemist, which I've talked about before, mm-hmm. like made me think differently about like how I felt like when you're in a rut and you read a book about something that's telling you to and isn't it funny how your moods like dictate what kind of books you're going to read sometimes sometimes it's kind of like when you're depressed or something over something you seem to gravitate towards a book Mm -hmm. like that Yes. And then when you're like normal, it's just your regular. I know you don't do it, but you're not normal. <laughs> you like read a thousand books. Have you? <laughs> and you have done that before because you have read heartwarming books. Um, last week you said that you read that one that made you cry. Yeah, but I wasn't doing it because I was in a rotten mood. You don't think that you're gravitating to the fact that your son is now 19 and is going to be moving out soon. And maybe that's why you gravitated towards a book about adoption. No, I, I read it because maybe. it was on one of the lists. Yeah, the psychiatrist. Why do you think you picked that? Subconsciously, you're oh thinking of your son. Can we move on now, please? <laughs> We're gonna psychoanalyze no, Martha. That could be true. <laughs> but all right, so one more time, title and artist on that, and then we'll move on. It's called "The Last Lecture" by Randy Posh. Justin. Okay, my book is by Cormac McCarthy. And it is titled Blood Meridian, or The Evening Redness in the West, because he's pretentious enough to give his book I was going to say. It's like, you can refer <laughs> no. to it with either title. Well, no, I don't know. Pretentious. This is... Slide that book on over here. As far away from a heartwarming warming book as I can imagine. Oh. This is one of the most grossly violent books I have ever read. Um, just above and beyond... And and you know the last time I was here I was talking about Fight Club and Polonix is famously gross. Yes, he this is famously gross. Hit, but he, is it even more famously gross? Than- if you were to compare Polonix to McCarthy, or at least McCarthy in this book, I haven't actually read any of his other books. Um, Polonix would come across as cartoonish. Whoa! Because and and I mean that because the the violence in his books is over the top and wacky. Yeah, in, you're right. In a sort it of way, is. It's, it's sort of played for comedy. Yeah, this is played very straight. Oh, it is. Hyper uh, hyper realistic, hyper realistic, down to uh, like like pr- pr- pretty intense scenes of like okay, well that doesn't make sense in a second. Um, <coughs> excuse me. The uh, book is about a it, it follows a character known as I mean throughout the book called the kid. Uh, you don't actually ever get his name. Has that in common with Fight Club? Anyway, uh, <laughs> he's called the kid, and he is violent through every stage of his life, and he ends up falling in with a gang of scalp hunters uh, called the Glanton Gang in, like, the 1850s out in the West. Why it's called Evening Redness in the West. Anyway, so, yeah, America's Wild West. Um, 
And he is part of this gang for several years, and they do all sorts of despicable and evil things to Indian tribes, random Mexican settlers they come across, American soldiers that they find. Probably pretty rapey, too, I bet. Um, I don't remember there being very many scenes of sexual violence. There are some alluded to. Oh, okay. Uh, specifically with a Mostly character. just the violence, then, huh? Mostly just violence, but there, there are scenes of, like... I, I don't remember visceral scenes of sexual violence, but definitely alluded to. Although his writing style, sometimes he'll say things like uh, he'll he'll uh, describe a murder in the simplest of terms, you know, the kid shot him and that's the end of it. It's sort of played very nonchalantly, which I think is getting at the pervasiveness of violence mm. in the area. Some of them are, like, it becomes mundane. Mm. Um, while others are very intensely described and in one instance the violence is so great that he doesn't describe it. All you get is the character's reaction to it. Oh. Uh, which plays in stark contrast to the rest of the book, making it all the more striking. But uh, anyway, so he follows this gang around, and he has repeated run-ins with a character known as The Judge. Uh, you actually get his name. It's Judge Holden, but he's called The Judge throughout, mm-hmm. who is one of, the one of, if not the most interesting fictional characters... I have ever come across. He's he's supposed to be like eight foot tall. He's incredibly massive, but he's stark white and totally hairless. And they, they describe Whoa, him as like Whoa, naked like mole rat. An enormous baby is how he's described at one point. Anyway, but Dang. he's very strange because he is sort of this like wandering philosopher who will go on strange diet. Uh, somebody shoots his horse at one point. And he goes on this incredibly deep diatribe about property rights uh and in the next scene he's dragging this uh it's a character called the imbecile around by like a chain around his neck he just makes him follow him around and it It sounds he's really but, but then he will he like knows everything like he'll come across a uh you know, of a flower and know it's like Latin name and it's used as a medicine and things like that. Where so he's just like incredible re- uh, reservoir of knowledge and incredible violence. The Sounds the scene of sexual violence that I can recall is uh, he has a child he keeps in his tent and it doesn't say anything explicit, but it's it's pretty clear what's going on. It's, a, it's assumed. It's mm-hmm. assumed. Yeah, and so you have this character who is. The most well-educated... I mean, I don't know if he's well-educated, but he just knows everything. It's not entirely clear if he's human. It's a whole deal. Uh, <laughs> who, who sort of knows everything, but the knowledge has not brought him any civilization. You know, he's... Right. If anything, he's more violent because of the knowledge. Like, the knowledge, like, separates him from those around him to such a way that he can do this violence without Dang. feeling like he's doing it to people. Uh, so he's almost, like, disconnected. Yeah, but but I, I don't know. And it's hard to get to describe him to someone who hasn't read it because just his philosoph- – they're, they're never philosophical ramblings. They're very coherent – well, coherent if you, like, study philosophy. But they're, they're <laughs> coherent and well-articulated and very focused. But they're constant and they're – he's always talking about something very deep while those around him are, you know, spitting on the ground and – Right. You know, can't wait for the next score because they're bandits also. Mm. Uh, 
I don't know. It, so it sounds like an evil genius it, type. Yeah. But like... Not to oversimplify, no, because no, clearly evil, there's evil a lot genius, more going like, on. He but. doesn't... I don't think he has like grand plans like your traditional evil no, genius but I mean, does. It, he just, just sort of wanders like, around and yeah. accumulates knowledge and does violence. And he just... I don't know. He's um, sort of a force of nature in that way. You never really understand where he comes from or why he is the way he is. He just is. Uh, and he's what were your thoughts after after reading such a book? Um, I mean, clearly it had an effect on you because here was, you are. I was pissed at myself for how incredibly interested I was in the judge's character compared to how terrible of a person he is. Like he's a monster, but the my favorite sections of the book are when he says something absurdly like deep uh you know the the moment he finds a hundreds of year old conquistador hat and draws it and he has this book and he'll collect things and like draw them and then whatever he's drawn uh he's a great draftsman he's a great artist also he can sing and dance absurdly well like he's a polymath in every sense of the word and but he will he will draw these things in incredible detail he'll record them and then he'll destroy them and throw them away it's like once he has the knowledge of it it has no worth so it's like he takes possession of these things by knowing them uh and if you want to like if you the type that looks into like the deeper symbolism of things like this like he's a sort of a manifestation of like manifest destiny or maybe it's like America's relationship with um the wild west where it's like this slow civilizing force that civilizes I use air quotes to describe it like civilizes through these incredible acts of violence it's like the way America civilized the west was by exterminating that's the Indians that's very true that's it. and you know he is that I mean that's he loves killing Indians and he's really good at it and he's absurdly powerful and he's unkillable and I don't know. Uh, he sounds like an interesting character. He is an incredibly interesting character. Um, but yet... But he's a monster. Like, yeah. that's the whole point. Like, yeah. Like, they... He has so much power and he's so far above everyone else, and yet he's still just a violent barbarian, the sort of which has been, you know, present. And Yeah, so the kid, like, shows moments of growth and humanity, but also does incredibly violent things. Um throughout the book I don't, and if you never read Cormac McCarthy his writing style can be really hard to get into he doesn't like using um, apostrophes or and he doesn't does not use quotation marks so whenever a character speaks it just reads like another line kind of becomes hard to parse for a long time I thought he just typed this up on a typewriter that didn't have an apostrophe key but just every, a now, rebel. every now and then he'll use it I don't know it was really weird <laughs> but I, actually that's something I've noticed uh this was written in 1985. Requiem for a Dream was written in 1978. That author, I believe, didn't use quotation marks, and I do remember he wouldn't use periods. He ended paragraphs with uh, forward slashes. Bukowski has weird punctuation things, too. Like, some of his, like, if they're speaking, it's in all caps. It doesn't have quotes or anything like that, but when their lines are spoken, it's capitalized. <laughs> like, the really? whole thing. It's just strange. I, I don't know. It's really weird. Weird grammar stuff. I mean, avant garde. Well, think, yeah, things like that feel like he's trying too hard. Yeah, but then like, yeah, you would say it's pretentious, but the actual substance of it is intriguing and deep and powerful. Hmm. Um, 
I don't know. The the copy I have has a quote from, I guess, some, a literary critic, and it says, a great American novel of regeneration through violence. And I don't think I could disagree with the statement more because there's nothing regenerative about this book. Like, like I would say Fight Club is a story about regeneration through violence, at least in part of it, but Blood Meridian, no one's regenerated. Like, everyone comes out of this worse. I mean, except for maybe the judge, but... It's, I'm sorry, know. Justin, but it sounds horrible. Oh, it's god-awful. It was painful to read at certain points, but I was happy I read it. It's funny how we there are books that, that come into our lives like that, where, where the horror of them... Well, I think if you connect with a character, even if it is the Negative. monster of yeah. the book... I, 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 don't, I did not... Okay, I, I was well, going to say I, I mean, did not connect with the judge, but that's a lie. Well, like, I mean, his connect, whole thing like, is he wants to know everything. And, and who doesn't as, want to know everything? Well, yeah, and like, in, but I don't Especially know. Like, it's like possession through knowledge as like the theme of it. And I found that very intriguing. You know, I, I have a lot of trouble making choices sometimes because I'm always like, oh, what if there's a better option? You have this character who sort of defies reality in his ability to just know things. And it sounds yeah. like, a, like if that was a superpower, that should be a really shitty superpower. But like he, he I don't know. That, along with everything else, like it just puts him into a different league than any of the other characters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't mean that as a bad thing. I, like, I, you I connect. Because, yeah. like, when we read the Hannibal series, um, my favorite character out of all of those was Hannibal. Mm-hmm. I like. He was fascinating. And, he's and he a, was a bit like that, too. Yeah, and he's a killer. That's and, yeah. He was so interesting. And for nothing else, I would have read it just because of that character. In a, so, in a way. So. Similar. Yeah. yeah. Like, in Cold Blood, mm-hmm. you, like, kind of get attached to the two, like, murders that killed a family of four. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, even if and that one book that I read you, the creepiest freaking book I've ever read, ever, you can't help but connect with the with the stalker dude. Mm-hmm. With you, the bat, you're in his brain. Like you, well, yeah. right? You're in his brain it's because you want to see what it looks like in there, so that you can stay away from it. Right. <laughs> well, I know, but and then you just kind of like, yeah. I, I don't know. It's like you you get this understanding for the yeah for the. For the bad guy. And that's one of the reasons why, like, I know that Nicole's uh, reviewed a couple where they don't go into detail why the serial killer does what he does. Mm -hmm. There's no backstory for the bad guy. Mm -hmm. And I always want a backstory for the bad guy because I want to know what made him bad. What made him do that? What was that trigger? Yeah. I'm not, I don't know if, I don't think this would uh, scratch that itch because the, the judge is just a total enigma. You yeah. never, you never get any sort of backstory, and like I said, I think that lends a lot to when, when people think about this book, like wondering sincerely so, if the judges. So even based human. on based on your hideous description of this book, what would you rate it? Out, I, out of five, I wouldn't. This you couldn't rate it. I I cannot. I, I don't. I hope this doesn't sound pretentious because I feel like it will. But I don't think I can boil down my feelings about this book to a number. It's not. That's it. That's fair. It's something that I I didn't read it and go, "Wow, this was incredible." Everyone should read this. I read it and I said, "I can't believe that was put to paper." 
and, and I don't and, and I, I didn't I don't mean that's like an insult again like you know it's well written it's engaging it's but interesting, sometimes it's interesting to talk about books like that because it, yeah, rarely do we discuss this would be an incredibly polarizing book like if you can't stand scenes of intense violence this is not the book yeah. for you this is a this is a zero out of five if you're someone that's super into historical fictions and things like this this might be a book for you I don't know if you really like philosophy this might be a book for you it's one of those books it, that you get done reading and you're like, fuck. No, that's <laughs> okay. Uh, that, 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 the ending to this book is one of the most incredible scenes. Don't tell us what no, it is. No, I won't tell you the ending. It's just everything about it, like the, the quote from it, the, 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 the scene it sets, it's so irreverent for everything that's come before it. And, I mean, I... You just leave. Just, it, does it leave you standing with your feels, mouth open? I love like books that end like that. Dancing mm-hmm. on even the graves of everyone. yeah, even if they're horrible. Even if, in fact, sometimes, especially if the ending is horrible, uh-huh. that's when I like the book. That's how I felt at the end of Choke. Like that. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. how I felt. I because just... not everything ties up into a pretty bow. Sometimes it's more powerful for it not to end. Mm-hmm. In a pretty way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. And sometimes you need to read something ugly in order to appreciate the beautiful. Right. Yeah, this it. It's a book that says a lot, and I think it is an important book. But I couldn't imagine trying to like if I was running like a review set or something, trying to write like a five <laughs> five out of five. Everyone should read this because. No. no. Ch- children should not read this book. I don't know. Children probably should read this book because. And not learn anything. History class. <laughs> I don't, it, it's because they took the violence out of history. Class. It was uh, you learned how to get a good handshake from Coach McPhail. <laughs> <laughs> learned that in history class. Was uh, I don't know. I'm happy that I read it, um, but I can understand if a lot of people would not be. It might not be and, one you recommend. I don't think I've ever recommended it to anyone. Okay. It's just so hard to read parts of it and just, you know, just kind of make you feel like shit. Mm-hmm. Probably. <laughs> that being said, I wish more people would read it because then I could talk about the judge and I wouldn't sound like a raving lunatic. Okay. <laughs> he so, sounds like an interesting character, he's actually. wild. All right. So let's give this a, a final ending. Title and artist of the book, please. Blood Meridian or... The Evening Redness in the West by Cormac McCarthy. Okay. Author of All the Pretty Horses. Yes. All the Pretty Horses. <laughs> I, I don't okay. even want to know what that one's about. So, I am going to review a book by a debut author. Her name is Jane Robbins, and I absolutely freaking loved this book. Loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Why did I love it? Well... Probably because it had such a twisted, how would I even call that? Okay, so you think it's one thing, and it turns out to be another thing. Like, you go along the story, and you're thinking, oh, first of all, okay, let me start out and say this. Okay, the book is about twins. Twins who are not identical twins. They're, they're completely different kinds of people. Okay, one of them's light, one of them's dark. One of them's really especially pretty and outgoing, and the other one is kind of dark and mousy and 
not very. One of them is an actress, and one of them is a bookseller. Guess who? Like when they're grown up. <laughs> and you can guess which one is which just by the description. The actress begins dating this rich American. And you can, you kind of, most of the story is told from the point of view of the bookseller twin. And she talks a lot about her sister and she talks a lot about their relationship. And you kind of get the impression that the darker twin is very neurotic. She does have neuroses. You really get that impression. Mm -hmm. Um, But you really also get the impression that something very odd is going on with her sister and her new husband. Mm-hmm. Boyfriend. It begins out that that's the and boyfriend this is the dark first. Twin? The, or the light or the the actress. The actress. Right. Okay. They live in London, but the the actress begins dating this rich American dude. Okay, and one day, you know, the 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 bookseller twin gets invited over to their house, and she notices that. They've remodeled the house and everything is all of a sudden very stark and very tidy and very precise as in stark contrast to the way it used to be. Mm -hmm. And the dude is very controlling and she sees bruises on the arm Uh of her, you know, and this is the feeling that you're getting through the entire thing. And of course, the sister notices. Of course, she notices. And she goes home and she goes online and starts to make inquiry online about, you know, abusive men. And she joins a group and she, you know, she tries to help her sister. And, and, and my God, what a twisted, twisted freaking book. I loved it so much. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had a little squee moment there. It really was very well Same written. Moment. It had some Strangers on a Train vibe going. Now, if if any of you have ever heard of Strangers on a Train, where a bargain is struck between two complete strangers, where they agree to kill each other's oh, yeah. spouse mm-hmm. or Isn't that a whatever. book that you reviewed once? or Strangers on a Train? Is no. that... No, oh. no, but I did review. I did review a similar book start with at Girl one on point train, that had a similar twist to it. But this mm-hmm. one is a little different because of the way the whole thing happens. Because it's the sister mm-hmm. who is presented with the option through a this group that she gets involved in. Huh. So she gets involved with this online group. And one of the abusive women in the group says, okay, well, I'll kill your uh, sister's boyfriend if you kill my abusive boyfriend. And that way nobody will ever know. Because it's strangers. Right. Right. So you can Mm. imagine how twisty this thing gets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is incredibly... I could not stop reading it. So you loved this book. Oh, my gosh. You're going to read more from her. Oh, my gosh. You're going to buy this for your bookshelf, aren't you? I am so going to buy this for my... You know how I am. If it's yes. a debut author, 
and I love this book. It will get a first edition spot on my bookshelf, and I will tell everyone about it and insist that they buy it for theirs. I mean, this is one that I might actually like. I mean, it's, it's really impressive. It's, sci- it's not a sci-fi. No. It's not nope. a fantasy world. Nope. And and the, I love psychic. Plus, the characters in it were so rich. Mm-hmm. She had the neurotic bits and pieces in there from all of these different things going on. And, and the characters, the character of the bookseller was such a likable character. And the way she was interacting with her sister and all of the relationship between those two sisters and their past. And wow. Let me just say that it had a very satisfying ending. Extremely satisfying ending. So there was no book throwing at the end of this book? No, there was no book throwing at all. I do tend to throw books that I hate the ending of. (laughs) Yes. Jane Robbins is... Now, one of my new favorites. Let's hope she doesn't screw up number two. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> because she gets high, very high marks from me on, you on her debut. You said a high bar, Mrs. Yes, Jane. You go, girl. <laughs> I'm very impressed. And with as many books as I read every week. That says a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very impressed with this. So I hope to give everybody the chance to get out there and read White Bodies. Because it was freaking awesome. Now, did you did you read this read this book or was it an audio? Did you no, find it, it was at the audio. library? It was audio. Did you did you buy it or did you find it at the library? I got it at the library. I actually well, what I did is I read about it and I suggested that the library purchase it mm-hmm. for their did. audio collection. And now that I've read it, I will now purchase a copy for my bookshelf and for the library. I was just asking for myself. I, I mean, I care yes, about the our library. library owns, but yes, was, our library owns an audio copy of it. Okay, good. All right. So I mean, it I might did, be like today. I, don't I know, went June before I get to it. I have so many TBR books, but I went to our local bookstore today looking for it, and they didn't have it on the shelf, and I was very disappointed because I had that book gift card. Yeah. I was like, do you have Jane Robbins? Who? And the guy at the counter was like, did you find what you were looking for? I said, no. As a matter of fact, I did not. Can we order it? No, you cannot. Because you didn't have it when I wanted it. So, (laughs) He was trying to be very helpful and she was being kind of a... Bitchy. Neurotic. How dare they not have this How dare you not have Jane Robbins? well-known author. (laughs) She's a debut author and she's so good. How dare you not know that? She was kind of being a banana flavored ass monkey to the guy. (laughs) That's a cheese flavored ass monkey to you, ma'am. I wanted bananas. I'm sorry. sorry. (laughs) Bite my shiny middle ass. (laughs) No, but anyway, she really is very good. And and I'm going to be spreading that word as, as she is the one that deserves the praise not some of these other authors that have been put out there in the suspense category because it really was very good. White Bodies by Jane Robbins. That's great. Awesome. Are we still thinking about doing a Twitter follower episode? I think we eventually will do that. Yeah. Um, we want to encourage, first of all, we need to encourage authors to follow us on Twitter because mm-hmm. since we are so new... We want to wait and give authors the opportunity to first follow us. Yeah. I mean, I'm reading one right now that was recommended on Twitter 
but it's an actual book book. So, and I don't have a lot of time to sit and read an actual book. Um, so I, I might have that done by next week, but I'm loving it so far. Yeah. But I, I ordered one, but it's not in yet. So, <laughs> oh, and you'll be happy to know that I ordered the first book from the, remember we talked about the list, mm-hmm. the, um, uh, what do you call it? Resolution? Yeah, the resolution list uh-huh. where the word. Oh, your llama. The, the llama word. Uh-huh. Oh, goodness. Okay, I ordered the first book on that has llama in the title. Would you like to know what it's called? Yes. What's it called? Silence of the Llamas. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm also working on my first resolution because the book I'm reading right now is a Kindle book, which I have never read anything on Kindle before. Yay! Yay! I need to get on that. I, I need to look up a book about Hinduism or Buddhism. Oh. One of the two. I don't know. Sweet. Need I to just, find one. I Justin, do you have any parting words for us since you're our guest this evening? Thank you for letting me come back. And that little black book we gave you? Mm-hmm. I'll put it to good use. Are you? What kind of books do you think you'll write in there? Please don't put any porn in it, okay? <laughs> I know you're a guy and everything, but... I just, you know, in the internet age, why would I read my porn? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking you know, of... That's exactly the answer I wanted from you, Justin. I really do, especially when he was scratching his head while he said it. I love that. That is just so awesome. I, he's done the hand through the hair a couple of times in this I, episode. You know, I should give it a shot. Maybe that's my thing. Maybe you should try some... Read some porn. Some, some, like, like hardcore... You know? Some bodice rippers. I was, uh, I was on Tinder the other day. I matched with this girl. And it's 2018. She asked me if I was Team Edward or Team Jacob. And what? I was so confused. <laughs> Because I was like, I thought we were, like, as a culture, had agreed to move past Twilight, and she's bringing it up. So, I was So, I I take it you did did not swipe right? I mean, no, I'm still talking to her. Uh, That's a guy thing. They don't care. Well, no, I I, I even responded to her. I said, uh, what did I say to her? I said, I'm team burn all copies of those books and purge them from the internet. (laughs) And anyway. she's still talking to you? Yeah, I'm charming. You must be charming. I'll give him that. I'm pretty sure she's taller than me, though, so I don't think it's actually going to go anywhere. Like, like how- I don't mind going up on a girl, but they usually have an issue with it. Going up on versus oh going down God. on? Oh, you know we were going to go there. Come on, come on, bring it! What? No, that's totally how he meant that. Yeah, no, that's yes. Yeah. I like that. I'll get a step, so I don't give a fuck. <laughs> oh, you know, can you just imagine you walking into a friend. goddamn party? I got this like supermodel tall girl on my arm. I can't because it'll never happen, but it'd be pretty cool. But it would be okay if she's taller than you. Be that. Totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> you don't hey, have as far to go the down. The best fruit is at the top of the tree. Get ready to climb. Anyway. Uh, okay. You're so I, damn so, cute, Justin. I, just, I was so surprised. I was like, "You're not cute. You are a he's college, adorable. He's my best almost, friend. Like you're in college. Like you have access to all the media in the world. Uh, we're talking about a movie or something. Like we can talk about movies, talk about TV shows, and you want to talk about Twilight, <laughs> <laughs> ladies? If you're out there listening and you want to date someone who has a brain. 
don't bring up Twilight. What point? Okay. <laughs> but if no, you're actually, listening to this podcast, you already know that. We know that. Yeah. Listen, I, just, I like Twilight back in the day. I'm just giving you shit, Bonnie, because okay. I knew you'd chime in on that one. You know I liked it. I, I'm sorry. It's a guilty pleasure. I'm, I don't ask people team Edward or team... Jacob. Turned but. out she hadn't even read the books. She had just oh, seen the movies. God. Uh, See, that's where they went wrong. Oh, oh, for me. Okay, I've lost all respect then. I'm going to give you a little teaser them. next time, okay? I have the anthem for the new. If I ever have a granddaughter, I am going to read this to her as soon as she bursts out of the womb. It Ooh. is called Beauty Bursting. Queens by Libba Bray. And, and in fact, I think I may play the uh, audiobook. For her, Ooh. or teach her how to be a beauty queen the right way. <laughs> I read Abigail. And we're going to talk about that next week, right here on Three Book Girls. <laughs> Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.